Your boy's been sick for six days. I got that tea with that lemon and honey. More complaints to come right after this. If you ever grow up, one thing you'll find. Most people that you meet just about out there, man. They try to tell you how to live. Mm. They try to tell you how to die. Oh, shit. They tell you don't get too low, but don't get too high. I guess I never looked at it that Best way. Best thing you can do. Tell us. Don't listen too close. All right. Walk on to your own. <laughs> Keep them on their toes. Keep them on their toes? Keep them on their toes. Your business out of sight. Make them look left if you're going to hang a right. Oh, yeah. If the pie's hot, don't let them see your hand. Make them got to know what they wouldn't understand. The best thing you can do when the ignorance shows is walk on to your own. Mm. Keep them on their toes. Keep them on their toes, folks. Keep them on their toes. You heard the man. I like that. I think that's what happens when you get older. You get into country. I used to make fun of country music. Wasn't feeling it. And I'm cooking dinner and saying, Just to see you smile. I love this bar. And all the dumb shit I used to hate. Now I like it. Oh, now I like it. I ain't as good as I once was. But I'm as good once as I ever was. This show's about aging. I've been doing this podcast, I think, over five years. I think six years. Actually, yeah, about six years, because my daughter turned six recently, and I started this podcast when she was a newborn. So I'll say these are the six best years of my life, and I will also say I am deteriorating quickly. I mean, quickly, folks. You want to go toe-to-toe with me with a deteriorate-off? With an atrophy-off? I had one athletic event this entire year. One athletic event. It's called the Varsity Basketball Alumni Game. Where anybody that used to play for TL can show up in the new gym and battle the varsity team. And when I started telling people, I'm going to play in this game on Wednesday night, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, instead of saying have fun, most people said, be careful. I said, oh, oh, okay. I I will. And my ankle's been feeling weird, so I wore a little ankle brace. And I probably should have practiced a little bit, because I think that's what humans do when they prepare for athletic events. Maybe they practice those events. But without touching a basketball in a year, I just showed up at the gym. I said, let's roll. And there were like 25 guys who showed up, spanning from 1985 all the way to last year's graduating class. And it was so fun. And I was so good. I mean, it's my podcast, right? I could just say I was so good. There's no footage. There's no fact-checking. I was amazing. It was just all above the rim, okay? Triple-double in the first five minutes. Um, if the uh, categories were sweating out of my eyelids, tripping over my own feet, and uh, hurting my hand on a aggressive high-five, some people slap too hard, then yeah. Those are my triple-double categories, but I was killing it, all right? Killing it. Because I'm one of the oldest, I get to start, I get some minutes, and then in the third quarter, go up for a rebound. This is why you tune in, right, to hear tales from the alumni game. Go up for a rebound, and I just land, and there's no one around me, 
and it felt like someone shot me in the back of the calf with a paintball gun. It really felt that way. I looked around and expected to see someone with a paintball gun. Some vicious criminal who snuck into the gym, loaded one paintball, and said, I'm going after number 42. Boom! Leveled me. I had never had that sensation before. I'd never had any, like, calf injury And immediately, everyone on the court noticed. And it seemed like everyone in the gym noticed. It was one of those moments that was so humiliating because you just felt all the eyeballs on you and I couldn't walk anymore. And one of the guys on my team was like, Achilles? That's the first thing he said. He's like, Achilles? I was like, stop. And someone's like, sub, get him a sub. And then all 25 guys on the bench stand up and they all say what people say to you when you get hurt. You okay? Are you okay? And I just had to slowly say, no. Not okay. That was it. That's the end of my night. Two minutes into the third quarter. Not okay. Just sitting on the court the rest of the game like Larry Bird in his final month as a Celtic. Realizing that is what aging is all about. Injuries where no one's around you. What did I do? Jump for a basketball. Landed on my feet and then boom. Looked to see if there was a paintball sniper in the gym. That was two weeks ago. I'm still limping like an idiot. I'm still hopping around like a fucking maroon. And look at you. What does maroon mean? I don't know, but it's in every mafia movie. I'm fucking limping around like a maroon. Like a Lugatz. I'm fucking hobbling around looking like a mazon. Looking like a paronce. And honestly, it is embarrassing. Came home that night. Made myself a hot bowl of ramen. Poured myself a tall Kirinichiban. Japanese snacks over Thanksgiving break. Had a few pokey sticks for dessert. Have you had those? Pretty good. And thought to myself, that's it. That's it. I I like to pretend it was a big deal. Like, I got to have my retirement press conference. I got to invite ESPN. There's no more. I mean, maybe there will be. I like to be dramatic. There's no more alumni game in my future. But I have reached that age. If I tell anyone I'm doing something athletic, they have to say, uh, whoa, whoa, you sure? Be careful. All right, don't hurt yourself. And I probably will. And I probably will cough throughout this podcast or have to stop recording because I caught something nasty in the cesspool of germs that we call American public schools. Oh, it's so gross this time of year. It's so gross. Like I'm physically limping, but I'm also limping into the holiday break, into the two-week break, just like trying to get through it. Had laryngitis for three days. Couldn't even teach. Just actually had to exit the room. That's the only requirement to teach. Be able to speak. Didn't have that ability. Got a sub on the court. Got a sub in the classroom. Hobbling around like a fucking idiot. And what are you doing? Listening to this podcast? Hoping it gets better? Oh, it does. It does. This is a rerun. Don't you remember this one from a few years ago? It gets better. Promise. I promise. I know it gets better because I'm doing that Wim Hof breathing now. (coughs) You don't know what Wim Hof breathing is? Google it. Don't you like that? Instead of just explaining, I'll just tell you to Google things. But there's a guy named Wim Hof, the Iceman, and he knows the key to health. It's about boosting immunity, boosting your energy. It's about trusting this maniac who tells you to hyperventilate like take three sets of 20 breaths in a row without pausing and then hold your breath for a minute and a half and then hold it again for 15 seconds then three more rounds of breathing rapidly and hyperventilating and i always thought hyperventilating was probably something we should avoid but it turns out if you do it and you get to the verge of fainting 
there are some health benefits. You don't want to faint, but I started to feel dizzy and I started to feel cold. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? But there were so many views and I guess Wim Hof is so popular. And I heard Pete Holmes talking about it on his podcast on how it gets him focused and it gets him ready and it gives him energy before he does his set. <coughs> and I thought to myself, yeah, I'll try it. So I went to Wim Hof Breathing for Beginners and I honestly thought like I was just going to faint, like I was going to pass out. And then I also thought, wait, that was meditative. There was something about it and I bought into it. And I realized it's just my next fad. Like I'll be doing this for a few weeks. I'll buy into it. Like I was doing the tapping at one point. There's so many health fads out there, constant. And I realize there's probably just two types of people. Let's really just narrow it down to two types of earthlings. There are the types like me that are trying to figure it out. I'm always trying to figure it out. What can make life easier? Meditate. If someone recommends a supplement, I'm like, okay, really? So it's good for the skin and it's good for sleep? Tell me more. I'm so open-minded to anyone telling me about a supplement. My buddy Searle tells me he takes beef bone marrow capsules and he feels good in the morning another friend of mine tells me he takes epicor immunity tablets and i'm taking that you know i'm taking all the biotics pre post pro magnesium b2 why am i taking all this shit does it work i don't know but i'm on this mission to make what seems to be a bit of a challenge right living is it's great it's wonderful fully blessed i feel very fortunate but it's also a challenge both physically and emotionally I think everyone can agree, right? Everyone can agree. No matter how great your life is, you're probably plagued by a few things. And what if someone said, oh, you know, all you have to do for that is take this or start breathing this way. Start doing the Wim Hof breathing or start doing an ice plunge or just eliminate dairy from your diet or start taking melatonin at night. Like just chasing fads, studying old ancient doctrines and concepts of how to ease the stress in life just googling remedies and cures and how to heal from this and what to do if you have this thought and when things just seem too heavy like instead of just sitting there and sulking i'm quick to find some sort of solution so that's me that's one type of person like every day start with some supplements know that you got to get a certain amount of fitness Know that you got to be outside. You got to go on walks. Know that you got to meditate for 10 minutes. Now I got to do the Wim Hof breathing for 11 minutes. Try to get in the sauna at the Y. Try to get in the hot tub. Like there's a big checklist. And it's not it's not just like things that are labeled enjoyable. It almost turns them into chores. Like this is just part of life. And if you don't do them, you're going to feel it. <laughs> and then I think on the flip side, there's other people who have just accepted that existence is going to be exactly this, so they're not constantly Googling the remedies of the world. They're just living through it. Oh, I got sick? I guess I'm sick for a week. Whereas I get sick, and I'm like, okay, what do I need? Uh, apple cider vinegar? Dayquil, NyQuil, NyQuil, Dayquil? How much stuff could I pump into my system? Oil of oregano? Bee pollen? Rub my face with frankincense oils? Like, what? What? You, you tell me, I'll try it. And some people go with the flow, because the flow is all they know, and there's not this desire to make this so much easier. These people, I don't want to call them simple, but I envy it because they're just on this linear path to the grave. We're all on the same path. We're all, we're all going to the grave at some point, unless you get cremated. I guess there's no grave or I don't know. I don't know. You could be in an urn. You don't have to be in a grave, but you know what I mean? We all have the same exact ending. It all ends the same, but some people just 
<coughs> oh boy, you're going to cough again in their ear? They're going to change the podcast. Some people probably just eat their meals, they go to their job, they interact with all the humans in their lives, they go to sleep, they do it again, they're in the rat race of life, the hamster wheel of life, and they've accepted that's what it is. I'm not accepting it. Nah. You could tell me anything about improving mental health, improving physical health, any fad, I'm ready to try it. Influencers prey on people like me. Prey on people like me. You know I'll click that video, watch it, purchase it, realize it's snake oil and say, huh, eh, thought it was worth a try. <coughs> but if I buy into it, like if I feel the effects, oh buddy, I'm your best promoter. Like right now, Wim Hof breathing. Give it a try. You'll hyperventilate. You'll nearly faint. And then if you stay with it, you'll get better at it. And you'll build up a tolerance to that fast breathing. And maybe you'll reap the benefits and you'll feel healthier. And it kind of reminded me of in freshman year of high school. When my group of friends thought it would be fun to actually just pass out. Just take some quick breaths. Take like 20 fast breaths. And then bring your arms to your chest. And someone's going to squeeze you from behind. And then you're going to lose consciousness. This is actually what people were doing. Have I talked about this? Can't you just picture bored kids, bored teens trying to fill time with the most dangerous shit? All right, whose turn is it? Brandon, you up? Dan, are you ready? You ready to just lose consciousness and probably bash your head into some furniture? Who's up? Rosenberg, hey, come over here. Yeah, take the breaths. Arms to your chest. Someone grab them, hold them, squeeze them. And then you're supposed to let them down slowly. This is actually what teens were doing. I'm not making this up. And then one time at Waldorf, when my parents were out of town and I was staying at a friend's house, we were doing it on the blacktop after a little outdoor basketball. And whoever was holding me released me early because someone said, he's faking it. I guess I went down with a smile. Like I was completely unconscious, but I went down with a smile. And someone screamed, he's faking it. Because my eyes were closed and my body was limp. So whoever was holding me, I actually forget. You know, time's a beautiful thing. You forget who basically assaulted you. If you just drop an unconscious person, that's a bit of an assault. But hey, I digress. And I bashed my head. I fell so hard head first into the blacktop. Scraped from chin to nose to forehead. Just scraped. Had a concussion and needed stitches. No part of that story is fiction. I remember this. I was staying with my friend Ryan. They took me to urgent care, stitched me up right at my forehead. I still have the scar. I remember I called my mom. She was in Pittsburgh. And I was like, yeah, we were just doing something where you, you know, you hyperventilate, you pass out, you go unconscious, then you bash your head against the black tub. We were just having a little fun. All right, Ma. I know I'm acting like a Pazoon lately. I'm acting like a Stugans. But I remember the headache of that concussion lasting for three days. Like a headache so bad, I just wanted to barf. I think I did barf. Oh, is this an ugly story? And now I'm Wim Hof breathing where I get on the verge of hyperventilation. And now I'm saying, yeah, but it's for energy. It's for immunity. It's for good sleep. It's for confidence. It's to deal with anxiety and stress in a very fearful and stressful world. But I like it. One day my wife's just going to come in to the living room and see my body sprawled against the, here comes a cough, coffee table. Hey, that's crazy to cough while you're saying coffee table, body sprawled against the, <laughs> cough, cough, coffee table. 
Is that a coincidence? You know what hurts? I'll tell you what hurts. This is just for the fellas, all right? All right? Just for the fellas. You ever sneezed while you're peeing? It hurts so bad. It's like just a bolt of lightning goes right through the urethra. You just pee in a normal stream, and then you're like, no, 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 no. Here it comes. Here it comes. And the sneeze is coming, and you can't stop it, and you sneeze, and the stream just accelerates. Oh, shit. And if I'm talking to people my age about little painful moments like that, there are some people that know, including me, that when you sneeze, if it's a big sneeze coming, bend your knees a little bit because you don't want to throw your back out that way. So my buddy Joe, I was like, hey, you missed the last party. Where were you? And he's like, I was walking the dog completely threw my back out. I was shaped like the letter L for the rest of the weekend. And I was like, of course. Like no part of me is surprised when I hear a friend say, yeah, I was unplugging a fan. Uh, completely ripped my hamstring into, uh, had to go. What are we doing? What are we doing? I know what we're doing. I can explain this. If you want me to explain, I'm just going to explain it simply. We, as we enter our 40s, don't feel like we should make any adjustments. We still go full throttle in most activities, not realizing that we're now fragile. We're delicate. I don't even want to know what my 50s are going to be like. And my wife said the same thing. She noticed just little things linger longer. Little things linger longer. The weirdest little injuries I turned my head a little too fast in the shower when I was rinsing the shampoo and it got a little whiplash. And then three months later, you're like, why do I still have a stinger in my neck? Oh, don't cough again. No one wants to listen to this. <laughs> why do I still have this stinging feeling through my neck? And things just don't go away. They just pile up and you get used to them. That's what I'm convinced. You just get used to stuff. Like initially being sick where I feel disconnected from the world around me, that's the worst symptom of being sick. It's not the sore throat. It's not the congestion. It's none of the physical stuff. It's just like being in this groggy bubble in this head that can't really even have a conversation and enjoy it. Like I see my daughter and my wife were dancing and I was just on the couch and I felt like Scrooge. I felt like I was dead just watching my family function around me. Weird feeling, weird feeling, inflammation of everything at once, including my brain. It was just so foggy. What did I catch? Is this long COVID? It probably is. Don't we all have long COVID? Do you remember COVID? Isn't it weird to have a conversation about COVID and it feels like the distant past now? Like the shit we were talking about and Googling and saying to each other? When was the last time you had a detailed conversation about what that pandemic was like? Like in the first few months where you're like, wait, are we allowed to walk our dog? Are we ever allowed to go to a restaurant again? The weirdest questions we ever asked. God, you remember that though. Of course, it shaped us all. We were just flailing. I mean, everyone. Flailing. Believing any story we saw. Why wouldn't we? This was unprecedented for most of us. <coughs> I still barely know what to make of it. Like, did we need to keep it locked down so long? I know that's a old topic to bring back, but the conversations we were having during, we were all so confused when we were still calling it coronavirus and then we started calling it COVID-19 and then we started watching the press conferences, Fauci answering questions, Newsom telling us what we had to do. We were looking at politicians as if they knew. Remember who you're going to bubble with, who you're going to pod with? Obviously, you remember the inability to find toilet paper and eggs, but do you remember when it seemed like Tiger King was the only thing on and then the Michael Jordan 
documentary series like that's it like really enjoy your tv because nothing else is being produced in hollywood do you remember social zooming it all sucked right when a zoom begins right when any social zoom begins it was like not exciting like the idea all day is like 7 p.m log on we're all gonna have a glass of wine and look at each other's faces and then like two minutes into you're like can we stop looking at each other's faces as we drink a glass of wine this is dumb shit you remember getting mad at people that jumped the line to get the vaccine? Remember stories like that? Hey, you shouldn't have gotten the vaccine yet. Who do they know? Who do they know that got him the shot? I was racing to TL to get my shot. Like, honestly, racing other people in their cars because you heard that there were 20 more extra shots of that Moderna available. Do you remember that feeling? And now people are like, I don't know, should I get the next uh, vaccine? Eh, who gives a shit? Now people are so lax about it. I mean, who's getting sick? Hey, I'm sick right now. Maybe I have COVID. You think I'm taking a test right now? That's not even frowned upon to say I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I do, but what do I know? How many times have people been sick with COVID and not known it was COVID because they're done testing? They're done swabbing their nose. Is anyone still swabbing? Who's swabbing? I'm not reckless, I'm not irresponsible, but who's still swabbing when you feel like you caught a cold or you got the flu? I guess the focal point was however old your kids were. If you're a parent, however old your kids were defined how you experienced the pandemic. Like if you had little, little kids, it was probably the easiest, right? If you had kids who were not going to have the social engagement anymore with their friends or the sports or the arts or all of the great things about being together with your classmates and friends then it became worrisome you start worrying about mental health what's the impact going to be or knowledge gaps well they lost a year of math or they lost a year and a half of science like that was also a topic but there were so many different elements to it based on the economy just based on health based on trying to understand what this means for travel and seeing family and even future elections and the implications on every state's government. And there's a long list, but really, if you're a parent, this came down to whatever age your kid was, how intense was the impact on them? I don't even know why I'm talking about COVID. What the hell? Who cares? I mean, I guess we care, kind of. But that's just going to be, everything we just experienced is going to be two paragraphs in a history book. Two paragraphs. That's it. A coronavirus erupted out of Wuhan. People freaked out. People locked down. People took a vaccine. People stopped swabbing. I just covered it. Oh, yeah, and a lot of people died. I should mention that as well. I don't want to minimize it. I don't want to sound callous. Obviously, a lot of people were affected by these tragedies. But damn, the bounce back was like way over the top. Like now we do shake hands again. All the things I didn't think we would ever do. People are taking cruises right now. People are shoulder to shoulder at ball games and concerts. They don't care. People are just spitting on each other again. People are French kissing strangers in the streets. No one cares. We don't, we don't learn anything. People are still sneezing while they pee. You know that. All right, what else? Clearly, I got nothing. I thought it was so important for me to do a podcast just because I haven't done one in so long. And I feel like this little routine I do is part of my rhythm. So when I don't do it for a while, I get jittery. I need to, I need to dump some thoughts into a microphone. I need to talk. And I'm like, um, what were all those topics over the last three weeks when I wasn't podcasting that I wanted to talk about? There was one topic about sexism that came to mind. I think I'll end with this. But am I sexist if 
All right, that's a big, ooh, what's he about to say? What are you about to say? Are you sexist? Is everyone sexist? A little bit sexist? I'm sexist in the reverse way. And this is probably because I live with three females. But if I believe girls are superior to boys, am I sexist? Like, they're emotionally intelligent. Way more emotionally intelligent than guys. They're like stronger people altogether. And I'm not just like throwing frivolous compliments to my wife and daughters. I'm talking about just girls in general. I know you can't generalize a gender, but let's try for a moment. Well, you can't generalize a whole gender, but let's try. So at the risk of placating to all my female listeners and all my female friends, is placating the right word? I got to Google it. That doesn't sound right. Placating to make someone less angry or hostile. That's not what I'm doing. Um, let me see here. I'm trying not to kiss up to all the girls out there. But let me let me just try to drop this objectively, even though this is probably a bunch of bullshit. So I do think I'm sexist. And it stems from studying the history of gender inequality. So from the beginning of time, you trace it all the way back. Men have oppressed women. All the way back. Neanderthals. Homo erectus. Go back to cave women and cave men. There's been a lot of oppression. Suppress them. Removing their rights in many ways. Because uh, men going back thousands of years knew what I am saying right now. They are stronger. Emotionally, physically. If you don't think they're physically stronger, watch a woman give birth. Just watch it. Watch a baby come right on into the world. They just do that. They just do that. We, guys, we don't do that. Why do we think we're stronger? Because we lift heavier weights? You dumb fuck. Guys, physically stronger specimens? Not at all. Watch a woman give birth. Not from behind. Get right there. Right in front. All right, hold a knee and then peek right around the corner. Okay? Expecting dads, look at that whole process. And then who's the stronger of the two? The man, and the, the woman. That emotionally, how soft. Look at me getting sick, whining to you. When my wife gets sick, I barely even hear her tell me she's sick. And I've asked my other friends and their wives too. Same shit. Guys getting babied. You didn't even bring me tea with lemon and honey like I had shot. The fuck? Uh. Here's the Merriam-Webster definition of sexism. You ready? Prejudice or discrimination based on sex, especially discrimination against women. That's sexism. But let me rewind it to just prejudice, prejudging someone. Do I prejudge women? Yeah, I think they're smarter than me. I think they're better. You see it with little kids, don't you? I mean, there's outliers. There's examples of very emotionally intelligent little boys. But mostly, they're just shooting Nerf guns at each other's dicks. While little girls are making paintings for their friends with extra detail. Little boys at a birthday party, just cover your crotch. Things are getting broken. It's going to be loud. Little girls at a birthday party... Prepare to play with a fake teacup set. Prepare to put on a crown and play princess. 
prepare to decorate a dollhouse and prepare to ride a fake unicorn into the sunset. No longer understand what I'm talking about. I think I have kind of a point, but I'm getting so tired. I was up so early this morning. And if you're like, no, you don't have a point. If you like vehemently uh, disagree with this, of course you do. If you, if you take this very seriously, and you're like, no, women don't fall into those princessy roles. They don't have to be. And not all boys are just wild playing cowboys and Indians and shooting each other in the dicks with Nerf guns. You're right. You're right. You won the debate. But I'm also kind of right, right? Like, can't you be kind of right in a debate and still lose? Like, this is one I would lose if I was trying to make this. I'm sexist because I believe women are the better gender. And I believe women are stronger. And I believe women are the best and easier to deal with in many ways. And less world dictators that have decided to attempt genocides have been women. Far less women. Have you noticed that? All dictators attempting to invade other areas and oppress people and kill people. Not a lot of women world leaders. Why? You could probably say because they've been oppressed and haven't been able to run many countries. Or you could even say they're not wired that way to launch full-scale invasions. Save that for the fellas. I'm really, really dropping some history bombs on you right now. If we talk about intelligence, it's, it's very difficult to measure intelligence. It's not just GPAs and how many A's you got and what your college diploma says. Just intelligence in general. The highest levels of intelligence. Could it be that women possess that, that females possess that higher level, and that's why if you trace it back, no one could do this, by the way. You can read any book on this. Historians still don't know. Anthropologists are stumped. Why have women been oppressed? Why have their rights been taken away throughout human history? No one has a good answer to that. No one. So it's because you recognize these early cavemen. They recognized, all right, let's set, it, let's set this dynamic in motion early. Now we can't have them voting. We can't have them being educated in schools. Can't have them running countries winning elections what and if if all this sounds like a bunch of bullshit we still haven't had a woman president in america in 2023 i'm sitting here is it going to happen in my lifetime i don't know it's not going to happen in the next election we make strides but it's it's almost one of the ugliest topics is to see how many groups still need to make strides because the imbalance because the playing field was so imbalanced and uneven at the start that we're still like needing to see more progress from so many groups that have been labeled less than when people from whatever dominant side or at least label themselves dominant whenever they feel threatened by something, then they could just change the laws, change legislation, try to change societal standards and say, keep them down, keep them down, keep them down. Well, it'd be nice if we could all be a part of, Oh, I'm going to change the whole idea of the discussion. It'd be nice if we could be a part of a generation that opens more doors. Oh, that's good. Should we end with that? Or should we end with changing the lyrics of On the Road Again to Dan Loria? Who's Dan Loria? He was the dad in Wonder Years. What else do you know him from? The Bronx is Burning, the miniseries. The Mentalist, who's probably in a few episodes of a CSI here and NYPD Blue over there, but Dan Loria? 
that face, that face represents America. And who am I talking about? I think you know who I'm talking about. The great Dan Loria, who made the Wonder Years amazing. Who am I talking about, Dan Loria? Just can't stop thinking about Dan Loria. It's that face that I think about when my head hits the pillows. I just can't stop thinking about Dan Loria. Dan Loria. He's a great actor who's never been in much. I love his face and I love his belly. I'm just talking about the actor Dan Loria. Dan Loria. You should Google him right now, Dan Loria. Oh, Dan Loria. He was in an episode of Blossom, I think. He played the neighbor. Dan Loria. He never really smiles, but he really takes up the screen. Is a presence, you know, making music with my friends. I just can't stop thinking about Dan Loria. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Loria. Holy shit, am I in a NyQuil dream right now? Are you? I don't know. I don't know if I made any good points, but thanks for tuning in. What episode is that? Hold on. Oh, that's episode 225. It's going down like that. That's it. Try not to faint with that Wim Hof breathing. Spread love. Spread peace. Dream of equality. That's a hot ending. This one's in the books. Good night, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 